Second notch in the belt for the Toronto Blue Jays, probably, I guess, getting into the playoffs or clinching a playoff spot on uh, Thursday night was uh, step one. Clinching home field advantage last night was step two. That is indeed what the Toronto Blue Jays have done. They beat the Baltimore Orioles 5-1 in a rain-shortened game last night. And then uh, I presume... Most of them found a place to watch the Detroit Tigers beat the Seattle Mariners 4-3. So, the Jays will be the home team in their first round playoff series. Best of three starting Friday. Still to be determined, of course, is who they will face. Whether it's the Seattle Mariners or the Tampa Bay Rays. And uh, the Rays have two games left. And the Mariners have three, including a doubleheader today against those Detroit Tigers. So, Kevin, the Jays have home field advantage in the first round. I've always been kind of a skeptic of of home field advantage in baseball. It's not a game of flow, unlike hockey or or basketball. It is good to bat last. Mm -hmm. Doesn't hurt. I know that. But I really get the sense that this particular team viewed securing home field advantage as it, it, it was one of the things on their to-do list. Like this is not a team that's just happy to be there. They want as much as they can possibly get. Yeah. It's, I, well, everybody we've talked to sounds like that's, that was a must, you know, that they, they felt like to, to move on and, and make a serious run in the playoffs. They needed home field advantage. I think for me anyway, it's more important to have Manoa and Gosman going and then all hands on deck. Mm-hmm. That for me is the most important part of that. You know, they were whistling that we're going to use Manoa to, if we need the home field, they sort of backed off that. And maybe they, they, you know, the lineup allowed them to back off it a little bit because they've gotten hot and some guys that, you know, hadn't been hot all consistently all year have sort of done things. And that's helped them make that decision of it's more important to have Manoa in game one than 162. So for me, I think that's probably more important. You know as well as anybody, you covered enough baseball that who's on stand on the mound sort of sets the tone. But boy, those two guys can sure get that crowd in it, right? It's going to, that, that crowd's going to be going ape. Yeah. And, you know, it's I, I just think they feel better. They act better. Their routines off the field. They can line those up to play better between the lines. So, I guess if you're the organization, you're one of those players, you're waking up this morning going, hey, we get to do those three games at home. Hopefully only two games. Well, and, th- and this is the thing. We spent so much time talking about Manoa being used in the final game of the regular season if it mattered. Uh I think, and this is entirely fair game. I'm not criticizing anybody. I think we may have been led along a little bit by the Jays, which is fine, which is fine. I got the impression from our conversation with John Schneider yesterday that they knew what they were going to do with Alec Manoa probably about 10 days ago. They just, and they're not obligated to tell us. They're not, I'm not, I'm, I'm just saying that we did that that on purpose. As I said, Ah, come on. Why not? I said as uh, I said at the time that I thought we'd probably end up looking back and saying, my God, we wasted a whole crap load of time talking about something well, was that was never going to happen. It was fun. And it, was. <laughs> and it occupied a couple of hours a day. So I'm not going to not going to complain about that. Alec Manoa will obviously get the start in game one. 
And you're right. That the atmosphere at the Rogers Center will be electric. We don't know the time of the games yet. I'm sure it'd be early. That will be Well, see, I don't know. I mean, a couple of things. First of all, you know, every now and then Major League Baseball likes to throw the folks on the West Coast a bone. And I don't know if you want to be giving the Jays like do you want the Mariners to be playing at noon their time locally? I I don't know. It's gonna depend on on what the final matchups what the final matchups are. Hmm. Uh, I mean, clearly the New York Mets, whenever they play, the New York Mets are going to be the primetime team. No question. If, in fact, that's the way it, that's the way it shakes out. And I think, have they, like have it. the Braves, it looks like it, right? Mm-hmm. But at this point in time, I don't think Jays fans care whether it's early, late, mid-afternoon. It will be on Friday. It's the uh, Thanksgiving long weekend, so that'll be kind of cool. But you're right, it'll be absolutely rocking at the Rogers Center. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Man, a playoff game against Robbie Ray, against uh, Castillo. Castillo. It, it'll be, if in fact it is the Mariners, and it kind of looks like most of the combinations suggest it'll be the Mariners, uh, it will be, it will certainly be something else. So, congratulations to the Blue Jays. A, a notch taken off the belt, or a notch made in the belt. Last night's game, 5 1, we mentioned, was rain shortened. Doug Eddings, the home plate umpire, is god-awful. And uh, he's the dude that missed 29 calls in a game earlier. Last night, according to umpire auditor, he missed calls by 6.4 inches, 5 inches, and 4.67 inches. How'd that make you feel? Jesus, God. You feel better? But my point is this. I will credit the umpires with one thing and one thing only. They got that freaking game in. They got that game in. That was the most important thing. Was that they got the game in, uh, and they did a good job of making sure that it got through five innings before they threw the tarp down, and uh, so yeah, thank heavens for I guess for for small mercies in that regard. Talking points out of the game, Kevin Vladdy hit a home run. Tay Oscar stayed hot. Whit Merrifield three for three, two RBI, a run scored on a very very alert play on the bases. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about this yesterday. Uh, Santiago Espinal, we think, will play one of the, the two games left in the regular season. No clue yet about Lourdes Gurriel Jr. He kind of said yesterday that if he is ready, it would likely be to pinch hit. Mm-hmm. I don't think he makes the roster if that's all he can do, frankly. Um, mm. I mean, that's from where I am right now. I, I think... Whoever is healthier between him or Espinal makes the roster. But yeah, there's not, not too many lefties on either one of those teams that are, that are going to pitch late in games. Yeah, wouldn't make a ton of sense if that's that's all he could do yeah. was to. So I'm with you on that. Yeah, and but Whit Merrifield. I mean, we talked about this. He's got last night the bottom of the order. Now he asked John Schneider about this on base seven times. The seven and eight hitters were yeah. on base seven times. Toppy and Merrifield. And I think the reason that, that that's so important is if you look at the bottom of the order, we know that teams manage games and manage their bullpens. They look for pockets to put relievers in. We've talked about this team does not have a lot of left-handed bats. But, man, if Toppy is continuing to hit and you've got Merrifield there yep, and he continues to hit, that's an issue. That's an issue for Scott Service or Kevin Cash. If you're John, how do you handle your lineup the last couple of days? Do you play him? 
Do you give them a day off? How do you, how do you handle that? I, I've got to see. First thing I have to see is, and, and I'm operating under the assumption that they know who the pitchers are. Like we've got Mitch White and Yusei Kikuchi. So I understand. Now, no, but no. I understand the Jays. I, I presume the Jays have an idea about which pitchers they will be taking. Sure. So if you don't have to see that, if, if you're not trying to get a read on that, then really the only thing you need to see, I would suggest, is how healthy Santiago Espinal or Lourdes Gurriel Jr. are. And if he can get Sandy into one of these two games, or that would be great. I don't know. Do you make a call on Espinal based on what you see in batting practice or based on what you see in workouts? I mean, I, th- I would think if he could move side to side, up and back, he's he can catch the baseball. That would warrant putting him on a roster. That 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 for me is his strength. It's late in the game. You wonder why you're putting that Bradley Zimmer guy in center field. Well, that'd be the same reason why you'd put Espinal at second base. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying Whit Merrifield can't catch the baseball, but if you'd have to maneuver some things around and and put in your best defensive you know, team late in the game, why wouldn't Santi be a part of that? So I would think it would be more reliable on, you know, that part of the of his game than the offensive side. Because, you know, when you miss as much time as he's missed, well, what possibly could he give you offensively? If he runs into one, he, you know, he stays behind a baseball and hits a ball to right center field and, and drives in a run, that's bonus. He's, he's on the team to catch the baseball, especially yeah. this time of the year. So I, I would think he would be... One of the guys you would bring. Now, the Guriel thing, that's interesting. You know, how important is he as a threat? I, that, that, for me, is the only question, right, is, is for him to actually be sitting over there and a manager go, hey, that guy's over there. Maybe I don't throw this guy. I'm not saying that a lot of, or most managers would do that, but if I was managed, I mean, that would at least give me something to think about, and I would actually think about it an inning ahead of time, right? So that would... Maybe be a part of that too, but look, those are those are small parts of it. It's it's. I think they basically got their team where it should be. It's just now who's healthy and who is the healthiest. That's who's going to make the team. Because I again, I you know we started the season thinking about the lineup is going to take them where they ultimately are going to go. Uh, do you feel that way anymore? They're going to help, but for me, it's the dude standing on the mound. And right now, I just think all those guys for the most part are healthy. Sounds like Gosman's fingers. You know, they're going to super glue it and they're going to put as much whatever laser they have to put on it to fix it and get it raring and ready to go. So, yeah, I think I think if you're a Jays fan, if you're on that team, if you're in that organization, man, you got to be happy. Everything's lining up. Everybody's healthy and everybody's raring and ready to go. I mean, the fact of the matter is you're playing your best baseball at the most important time of the year. Well said. Really? Yeah. And, and, And even, I mean, Bo is still in that role. Guerrero starting to uh, I shouldn't hit say homers, start. get the ball in the air. This we said we wanted. More. With this lineup, I want Guerrero to play good defense and hit a home run. One for four at the home run, That's play it. defense. I'm happy with it. Teo has come to life. You know, probably some concern about Matt Chapman, but that's okay. That's okay. You can you can work your way around that. We mentioned the bottom of the order. Uh, Tapia, Merrifield, and, and of course, Danny Jansen. Mm-hmm. You throw Danny Jansen in there. Yep. And the bullpen, I, I don't know if there's been a time in the last, geez, maybe even going back to 2015. I don't know if there's been a time where the bullpen has been this orderly. It's just, you got options. Yeah. You've got guys in roles. I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think back. I, I, I'm sure in, in 2018, 2019, the, the, there were times where the bullpen 
was as ordered as this, but your I don't guy, know if it's ever me, been as effective top to bottom as, as this since 2016. Let me ask you out of the guys that, that matter, who are you worried about? Not, I'm not worried about anybody. There it is. Like, who who would you be I'm like, not oh, about man, anybody. you got to massage that around. you got to make sure he's not throwing I, Romano's, the, the meat of the order. No. Is there anybody like that? Romano's rebounded. Jimmy Garcia is the one guy that I think you have to be a little careful with, but I think the Jays understand that, and I think they can manage their way I around think it. he's pitching the eighth inning no matter what. Yeah, but I don't know if you're, well, I don't know if you're going to be able to use him every day. Is what I'm saying. Three game well, that, series. I don't know. I don't think you're going to be able to run Anthony him out Bass three games in. in a row. I mean, it's, give right. Ross Atkins credit for bringing Anthony Bass in. That gives him another option. He can pitch the eighth inning. And man, I'm intrigued about Zach Pop. I'm intrigued about Zach Pop as well. That's sixth and seventh inning. That may not be eighth inning, but I'm with you. Like yeah. you know, you get three righties in a row. I love because you got some. You got some righties top of the order with Seattle. That he might fit a little perfect too. They, you know, they, they, he's they're not familiar with him. You know, the power sinker at ninety nine, ninety nine places time. I like of the year. him, and I like him and Simber kind of giving different looks as well. I, I think the bullpen is, and Tim Mays has been. Tim Mays, to me, is going to be one of the keys of this series. Unless they add, well, even if they add another left hander, if they add Matt Gage, which I I can't see him doing, although he is on the taxi squad. Trevor Richards and David um, Phelps, we don't even talk about. So they they sort of got those two guys on the back burner. You can. Yeah, you do whatever them. you want to do with with them. Yeah, right? and of course you'll have Jose Barrios as well uh, in the back. Man. Well, no, but I mean, if something happens and you need to go, if, if something happens and you need somebody in the fourth Third or inning. fifth inning, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Clean inning, you'll I'm go with you. Barrios. I mean, that's, fourth or fifth, you may be going with Richards. Yeah. Second or third, you'd be going with Barrios. What'd you make of Barrios's game last night? Six innings pitched, three hits, one earned run, five strikeouts. You know, pitched in and out of trouble. I like the fact that he finished off some batters. I love the fact that the curve was that that good. You talked about that last night in Blue Jays talk. Ten called strikes, five swings and misses. And for me, the whole the big at bat of that game was striking out Ryan was striking out Ryan Mountcastle in the in the third inning when things could have got out of hand. You already had a run in. You had two on, and uh, Teoscar's just saved your ass. Man, it's amazing how good a defender Teoscar is it's when almost, he's hitting. It's almost it? like I know what I'm talking it about. Almost, it, it is. It's <laughs> almost like you know what you're talking about, which is, you know, every now and then, blind squirrel, et cetera, et cetera. But Ryan, striking out Ryan Mountcastle in the third Three inning curveballs. was, to me, the most important at bat yeah, of the you game. You know what I say? It was a curveball. It wasn't a slurve. No, it, it was, was a, a curve legit ball, curve. Which is, that is the big difference with him. A lot of the times, you, you'll see the backdoor one now. That's a little bit more of the slurve. You see the eliminator that he can win in a pinch? Like, he can get after somebody and start that thing down the middle and have big-time break to it where it looks a little bit more like a slider. It's a put-away pitch. I just like the third inning where, you know, that that could have went off the tracks in a hurry. The the old old Rios, boy, you could have – because you could tell he's fighting himself. Like, you could tell arm side, two-seamer, four-seamer. And let's face it. Even the changeup. They were non-competitive. Let's be honest. And and, and let's face it. The conditions weren't great. Ah, well, I mean, that, that's a benefit of the pitcher. That, that's not – he should be able to – sometimes with a guy who has been around as long as Barrios has been around, should be able to self-correct quicker. That's the thing for me offseason. You asked me after the show – after the game last night when we were doing the show, wh- what could he do in the offseason? I'm not sure there's a right answer to that because there's so much, and it is – Obviously, about fastball command. I mean, the hitters are hitting like around 330 off the heater. Like, I think it was 336 like or 339. That's heavy. Yeah. That's, that's real heavy. You're not going to, you 
I mean, you ain't going to start a playoff game yeah. with that. So that for me is the offseason. How, how do you fix that? that? That's the one thing. Forget about the curveball because if you fix that, all of a sudden if you can locate that to a couple of quadrants of the strike zone, now your curveball, Jeff's going to be better because you're pitching ahead all the time. Right. He faced 24 batters and only threw 14 strike ones. He had five three-ball counts. That's why you saw the 91 pitches yep. and the 58 strikes. That's not good enough. Like he's just – it's. I mean, he was good enough to give them a chance to win the game which is the most important part of it because this time of the year, that's what you, you're trying to do as a starting pitcher. But I just don't know why I expect better from him. Well, maybe, maybe the expectations coming into the season are too high on him. No. I mean, not, maybe not a six ERA. No. But please. maybe maybe they're just maybe – I maybe I'm to blame that I expected a little, like a three-and-a-half ERA. No, we all – And I might be a, a bit stiff for we him. We all did, Kev. I, 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 listen, I'll put my hand up. We – we all expected more out of out of Jose Barrios. I mean, that's the Jays sure did. That's why they gave him that big contract. We yeah. expected, you know, you expected 200 innings. You, you expected the possibility of a quality start every time out, at least a quality start. And yeah, I, I with that, with the stuff that he has, I have been shocked at the number of times he has been unable to get out of trouble. The, the stuff is good enough. The repertoire is good enough that he should be able to get out of trouble. And you made a point very early in the year when he was scuffling as well. The in a, the fact that he's still a mechanical work in progress crazy, at the right? end of the year Even last drives night, you nuts. Yeah, you have, you have to have a pitching coach to run out and tell you to move around on the rubber. Now, he didn't abuse that, but he was moving enough to, to try and get it started it's on October, the plate. It's October 3rd. That, for me, is like I, it's eye-popping. I just yeah, don't it understand is. it. I just don't understand this guy that's been around this long who just – when you watch Manoa, who hasn't – who can self-correct on the mound, do it one time and be like, I know what I did. I'm not going to do it again. Yeah. It just, it's very confusing for me. So in the off season, when you're Barrios and you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you're talking to Petey, how do you, where do you start? That's the question yeah, yeah. is where do you start and how do you refine it so well that when you start going south with it, how do you get it back quicker? That's the one thing for me in the off season that needs to be corrected. And, Hopefully for Jay's fans, you got him another six years. You know, you got it. And he's got his one mulligan already out of the way. So he'll be, you know what? He'll be, again, this gets back to the same stuff I was saying about, I just, uh, about Bo. I just trust the athlete and I I just trust the guy. I, I, I think, yeah, I trust Jose Barrios. Yeah. That's because Bo turned his season around. Well, yeah. Has Barrios done that? No, but can he can he come back next year and be really good? Can he be the Brios he was What's in Minnesota? Really good? What's really good? I mean, a three and a half or four ERA. Has he ever had a three give and a half? I a, no, but up. I'm saying give the give the Jays a chance to win, get some strikeouts, give them innings. That's what I want out of him. I want innings. I want innings, 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 innings out of him. I want because Manoa is going to be my stud. I want to know what you're getting from him. That's what I want. Well, That's I mean, what I want. Let's, like no, no. When you all right. when he goes to the mound, let's you, look. Let's look at you Jose. Sort of know what you're going to get. Let's look at Jose Barrios's career. Let's just look at Jose Barrios's career right now. Um, Don't go is, deep in his career. No, no, go, no. Go this, last couple well, of years. No, I'm looking. His 162 game average is 34 starts. His ERA is 405. His WHIP is 1.254. That's over seven years. All right. This year, his WHIP is ooh. 1.419, that's like a freaking exchange rate. His whip is 1.419, 172 innings. 
Last year, he pitched 193rd innings, a whip of 1.063, an ERA of 347. That's with both Toronto Too many walks, and too much Minnesota. contact. His career with Minnesota. Punch outs. What's it say on there? His Not a career time. with Minnesota. 139 strikeouts in 2017, 202 in 2018, 195 in 2019. Last year, 204 combined. This year, dee, dee, dee. sorry, no, let me rephrase that. Yes, last year, sorry, 204 combined. This year, 149. So we're looking at a guy, essentially, Kevin, who should be, let's say, around between 365 and 385, yeah. 39 ERA, probably a whip of about 1.1. One point one nine ish, maybe a little less, but a guy that I mean, I got, I got to get, I got to get two hundred strikeouts from the guy. Can I ask you a question? How, how come we saw ninety fours and not ninety six, ninety seven last night? Can that you explain that to me? That I don't know. I mean, that's forty nine with rain. Is forty nine with rain going to eliminate three miles an hour off I, your heater? I, I mean, know. and then now ninety seven. Remember his last start. Well, he had that, but at least it was 96-97. We saw that a couple of times. Remember how excited we were? Man, how would that look out of a pen if you have to use him? Where was that at yesterday? That's That, for me, with the fastball velocity, with the location of the fastball, with not being able to get it back on the tracks. I mean, it I got I got some faith in him that next year he'll 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 have a better season. I just don't know what that better is going to look like. He's a solid three now. He's not a number two for me. He's, he's made, pushing a four. He, he is going to have made thirty two starts since to, every year since two thousand eighteen. With with the exception of the of course of the the, the COVID season. That is the other thing he gives you is well. That's why they gave him one hundred and thirty yeah, large because he gives you health. Uh, absolutely, but maybe you are correct. The numbers the numbers are not good this year. No, they're just not. So I, I, I can I hold my answer because I don't know what the answer is. I, I think he's got a lot of things to fix, and I just wonder why the velocity is all over the place. All like it's all over the place. Basically, every single start he throws. Why is that? Yeah, is it mechanical? Is it mental? Is it just he can't? Like occasionally he'll feel good, and most of the time he doesn't. That for me, he did enough last night. Give him credit. Like that third inning could have went way, and they could have lost that game. If Te- It's amazing how Teoscar, again, has better jumps and has better timing leaving his feet on balls he should always catch. It's amazing when he's raking the way he is, and I love it And because I've been there before. I know how that feels. You just yeah. tend to you tend to not worry about things. When you're raking. It's because if you're Teoscar Hernandez, ultimately that's what's going to get you paid. Let's face it. That's what's going to get you paid is, is your, is your offense. And you are, you are a you silver got, slugger. It's the reason why it's hard to give up on him. Where's Vladdy right now in your mind? Any change where, at where all? He, any, any, no. any, any change at all? Not like, should we me. even talk? Should we even just, should we just assume that this is going to be Vladdy in the playoffs? Jeff, he's got 30, he's got 32 homers and 97 ribbies. Which is not bad. I, I I will take when, I, when we asked John about Teoscar and the first thing out of his mouth was he's getting his pitch. Yep. Here's what I want to say to Vladdy. If you can get 
If you can take the one early in account that's middle in or in off the plate or away away off the plate to get that one right down the middle like he did yesterday and have the nice little finish and you release his top hand and do the pronating and just hold his pose and look like a statue. It was beautiful, right? He's just holding it there. Yeah, if he can take the, the, the close ones and force them to throw the one down the middle, we will see the 32 and 97. The question is, can he do that? That's my answer. Because in the playoffs, you know what they're going to do? And they're good enough. That's why they're in the playoffs. They're going to make it look like a strike. And it's probably not going to be a strike. So it's going to tunnel, 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 tunnel off the plate. Can he take that one to get the one that's right down the middle? And if he can, because, look, there's no question. (laughs) He hits balls like no humans should be able to hit a baseball. But it's just that John Snyder said about Teoscar. Can you lay off the one that's down and away? And I think we saw Teoscar in one of the bats with a couple of guys on base where he was chasing, and he looked like the Teoscar of two weeks ago. That's this time of the year, and I'll, I'll continue to say this to you, it's not mechanical anymore. It's not you need to run over and look at the iPad. You should know everything you need to know about your mechanics. Now it's all about what you're swinging at, and probably more importantly what you're not swinging at. Because you, you need to get away from the pitcher's pitch. How do you do that? You take that close one to get that one right down the middle. And most hitters that are really good, like Vladdy, like Teoscar, like Whit Merrifield, are not going to miss those. So in the playoffs, you, that's what I said, compete. And competing for me is in the playoffs is take those good ones. You know, that pitcher, he's going to make some good pitches. But can you take that? Even if it gets to two strikes, force them in the middle of the plate. When you force them in the middle of the plate because you got a good swing and you're talented, you're going to hit baseballs hard. So that's what I'm looking for. We're going to get a national perspective on the Jays and their postseason hopes in the 11 o'clock hour. Alex Avila, MLB Network analyst, former MLB catcher, will be along, and Ryan Spielborgs, host of Loud Outs on MLB Network Radio. His Twitter handle always always makes me laugh. It's SpillyGoat19. Ryan Spielborgs will join us, so we'll get a national perspective on the Jays. Caleb Joseph will be part of our Blue Jay Central coverage in the postseason. He'll join us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590. The fans, Sportsnet 360, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Every now and then, Barker, every now and then. Happens. Occasionally. Alex Avila of the MLB Network joins us at 11 o'clock. Ryan Spielberg's catchers everywhere. Got catchers coming out of our yin yang. How come we never have a first baseman on this show? Well, Tabby, did Tabby play first base at some point? When's Tabby been on the show? He's been on this year. We've had Carlos Pena first base, right? Pena was first baseman. Yeah. Way to pay attention to your team. <sighs> we must have had. Uh, That's it, buddy. Man. Oh, come on. That's we've... it. Name yeah. another one. Buffo, he's on the phone. I, I mean, I get, yeah, I do. Yeah, catcher, but we, catcher, we, catcher, we, catcher. We seem to think that catchers know everything. They make good managers, don't they? That's what I've been told. I think I've had a couple that were, so I disagree with that. I mean, most of the time, I would think. Snyder's good. Sid would be a Caleb. Eh, well. well, we'll see. <laughs> Let's not go that far. Who, Caleb? Let's not go that far. <laughs> I can hear Caleb Joseph yeah, on yeah. the line. <laughs> uh, 
Nice. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. I hope Absolutely. you guys have a great playoffs run there. <laughs> See you later. We love you. You know, <laughs> we love you. We absolutely, uh, we, we love you. You know that. Um, oh yeah. How important is it that you know these dudes? You were, you what? You were on the field when they they celebrated in Buffalo. By the way, did you guys actually have to buy your own champagne in oh, Buffalo? Hush. They're a big league team. In the minor leagues, no, you did. That's true. No, yeah. no, that's true. Yeah, um, because of COVID. Because of COVID, you guys had to buy your own champagne. Oh. We did. It was a, it was a covert undercover operation. It was. I'm very proud of myself for organizing that because we we spoke to some of the higher ups and they said, "Look, we can't we can't have a celebration. MLB has really discouraged right. us from doing that because of close contact. We can't be a part of it. If we're involved, we're going to right. get in big trouble." And I said, "Well, this is important. We have to do this because you never know if you're." if you're never going to do it again. And that's, that's the whole point. That's the fun part of celebrating. That's, that's where the memories are made. And they said, well, we can't control what you guys are going to do. So I understood what that meant. And so we got the old Venmo accounts going. Everybody Venmoed an account. And we bought ourselves our own champagne, and we celebrated. This is for the uh, went clinching in, in Buffalo. Like, where, where did you – did you go down to – was it Premier Liquors is where I usually go to buy my bourbon when I'm down in Buffalo? <laughs> I honestly have – I can't even remember exactly where it was. I just had a couple clubhouse guys help me out and try and find the cheapest, cheapest stuff possible. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, there's or no You're going to throw it on somebody's head. There's no, there's no that's point right. in like yeah. getting the ace of spades stuff. I mean, that, that, nope. that's I, – I think I clinched one time in, in, in minor leagues in AAA, believe it. It was old Milwaukee's best. There's no such thing. Old Milwaukee's best. Is there such it a was, thing as that? It, absolutely. There's it's, Old it's Milwaukee. Like, it's, is it, there's no best? <laughs> there's certainly no best when it comes to Old Milwaukee beer. I mean, yeah, yeah, it wasn't good. No, anyhow. It didn't have to be. Well, there you go. Well, now I know. Uh, by, by the way, is it true? And we'll get on to the important stuff. But, but is it true that you keep the real expensive stuff to drink and the stuff that everybody's dumping all over well, everybody is actually this. like that, you know, that, that, that $30 stuff that you buy down at the LCBO, you know, it's been, it's been, uh, it's been aged for four months. Oh yes. Yeah. You're dead on. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah, you're you're on it. You're not going to waste the good stuff. You're not going to waste. No, the good stuff. All no right. chance. All right. Um, who do the Jays, now that we know the Jays have home field advantage in the first round, Caleb, who do they want to play the Rays or the Mariners? Uh, this is such a great question. I've been pondering over this for weeks now. I'll tell you, for me, I, I I would rather play Tampa. The 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 Seattle scares me in, in the the three guys that they could potentially run out there in Gilbert, Ray, and Castillo. They've got an offense that is is hit or miss, and so any given night they could bop out seven eight runs, and any given night one of those three can turn into Sion. and that's what scares me. Now the same could be said about the Blue Jays, right? But the potential of the Seattle Rays pay, playing a really, really solid game is way more in the front of my mind than the Tampa Bay Rays playing a solid game and being able to beat yeah. the Blue Jays. If, if, if the Blue Jays play the Rays, especially at Rogers Center, I feel like it's their series to lose. They're in control. They're going to face some tough pitching, absolutely, but I feel like it's it's – it's them versus them. Whereas if they play Seattle, I think there's a chance where they could get 
beaten by some talent. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you 100%. I know everybody lives in the fear of the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Rays in the city. And, I mean, I'm one of them. I've, you know, the Rays, there is a thing about the Rays. There's, there's, there's no doubt about it. But this year, and even though they're going to run out McClanahan and now Glasnow in game two, this year, I just think the Jays, I think the Jays have a bullpen that can match up against the Rays. And that, to me, is what, is what it has always come down to with the Jays and the Rays, is who is going to out-bullpen the other team. And I think they can do that now. Seattle, I got memories of the fact that Seattle basically took the Jays out to the woodshed this year. That's right. all I remember about the Seattle Mariners versus the Jays. Four-game sweep in Seattle. And the addition of Castillo, that, that really solidified a lot for their starting staff. And we're not even talking about a Kirby Yates over there that's uh, a really talented starting pitcher. I'm, not, I'm just not scared of them, especially at home. Now, if you said you got to go play three at the Trop, I probably would flip my stance. Something mm-hmm. about that place is real. But home field advantage with uh, the fans in Toronto, I think it's I think it's a big advantage. And I remember playing in the 2016 wild card in Toronto. The, the, the atmosphere was literally unique. It was unlike anything I had experienced, especially with the dome closed and one game on the line, it was electric. It was, I remember when Edwin hit that ball, I, I promise you, I felt like the stadium was actually moving and shaking. And it was actually a bit scary because you're going, this thing could, this thing is old. You know, this thing isn't, this isn't a spring chicken stadium. This thing could collapse. It was that electric. So I'm sure ownership rally. appreciates remember, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. I mean, it was like, Oh my goodness. Like we're all going to die in here. But, uh, I remember a fan well, I know of this. Field, you know, you know who wouldn't have died though. Beer. You know who wouldn't have died though. But, Zach Zach Britton wouldn't have died. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. That's too. He, 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 he was he was in a perfectly safe spot down there in the bullpen. Exactly. Nobody was going to reach him down there. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's my gratuitous buck yeah. show. No, no. It's, yeah, you have to. You have to. How I much, mean, it's it's the joke that never ends. How much do you read into how a team finishes the season? Tampa Bay three three and seven in their last ten. They've lost three in a row. Seattle's five and five and lost two in a row. How much do you read into that, or does it matter? I love. I'd love to say it's it's a great indicator of what's about to happen. Uh, you probably better than anybody, Kevin, know that it, it's a lot of it's dependent on the the next guy who steps onto the mound. Yeah. <laughs> right. So if the, you know the the Tampa Bay could be doing hor- horribly, and if Shane McClanahan decides to put on his Superman suit, then it doesn't really matter if you have a Toronto Blue Jays team that's. 850 winning percentage in their last 15 games. But I, I do like I like it. I like the way that the team has been able to win. I like the fact that guys really seem like they're focusing on a lot of the details of the game. I mean, Teoscar with that hustle double in the, in the, I think it was the sixth inning of Saturday's game, really kind of jump-started some things. The, the way that they're winning, I, I like the way that they're winning. So that's a good sign. And the fact that certain guys are getting hot, talk about Danny Jensen, Whit Merrifield, even, like I said, Teoscar, certain guys mm-hmm. starting to get a little bit hot. I like that, and I, I think it matters. I think it's better to be rolling with all cylinders and all cylinders firing than having uh, seven to ten games where you're kind of resting guys in and out trying to yeah. um, navigate some stuff. I, I would prefer to be rolling into it. I think there's a such thing as momentum. But it makes sense only until the next pitcher they have to face. So if they got to go up against a 
McLean and Glass now. Like it's only going to be dependent on that. But I, I prefer that. I'm intrigued about this. I, I want you to take us inside you as a catcher, and you're facing the Jays. You mentioned Teoscar. I know how you'd throw Teoscar, so I'm not going to ask you what you'd throw him. But with Whit Merrifield. I want to ask, if you're catching and Witt walks to the plate, say last night, with a couple of guys on base, how would you throw him? Like, what what would you throw him? How would you try and get him out with, with this Witt yeah. that you're seeing now? This this is the Witt that I played against for five, six years in Kansas City. Everything about it looks just like kind of the Witt that is going good. He can pull a breaking ball. He'll, he'll, he'll kind of fist the jam job fastball in the inner half he can he can lay off some tough pitches he can square up some some difficult pitches this is this is the wit where honestly you hope to have a sinker guy and you you I, what I tried to do is I tried to pitch him backwards I tried to throw him a little breaking ball off the plate maybe early on mm-hmm. and then try if I had a sinker I'd try to smother him down and in with a sinker but he's a smart guy and then he'd figure it out and he'd sit breaking ball first pitch and then he'd go get you to right center field with a breaking ball um when guys are in these sort of roles, you just hope that there's nobody on base and you hope it's a single. Um, remember facing a number of different guys that you just thought, we, we really don't have much of a chance because he's seeing it like a beach ball right now. And it doesn't really matter what you throw or, or where what counts you throw it. He's just going to find a way to get a hit because he's getting them off the end of the bat. He's getting them on the barrel. He's getting them jammed. And this is what it looks like. It's kind of like Tapia. Tapia can, like we talked about, not too long ago, Tapia can take a full swing and barrel it and has no idea where exactly it goes. <laughs> Wit does have a little bit more rhyme and reason to his his patterns. I mean, if the ball's away, he's going to go away. If it's inside, he's going to pull it. And so these are, these are tough, tough pitches to call. I, I would try and pitch him backwards, but it would be all dependent on if he chased early in the count on a first or second pitch breaking ball, and then I could get him down and in with a sinker. So... Didn't work very much in uh, in, in Kansas City because he beat the brakes off of us. Yeah, uh, Kevin Gossman, a a cut in the finger, a blister on the finger. What is worse, and how concerned would you be about his ability to pitch in Game Two? You know, with without any without any concerns, or maybe do you keep him for Game Three or the first game of the next series? Yeah, I, I think he's got to pitch in the first series. Obviously, if it goes to game three, I was a little bit intrigued the way with all the last couple off days, the way they lined it up. They, they've, they've been able to kind of line it up over the last three weeks how they wanted, and it's been lined up, Manoa, Stripling, Osman. Mm-hmm. So I don't, know, I don't know what that says. They obviously can shift people around, but sometimes organizations will set up those, those, those days late in the season as, as kind of they deem they might use it in the postseason. For me, it's it's the blister. The blister is going to be something that is tough because that, that goes pretty deep under the skin. And the way he throws that split-finger fastball, his middle finger is going to be ripping on the inside part of his middle finger, right finger. So finger, mm-hmm. part of skin closest to the, the pointer finger. And he rips off of that. Now, I thought he was throwing a lot of sliders in the last couple of starts because maybe he didn't want to show the split. Now it's evident that that has kind of become a hot spot. And what happens later in the season when the air starts to dry out a little bit and the temperatures start to come down a little bit, your hands start to develop some spots on there where you can start redeveloping blisters. Mm-hmm. And he's always had a problem with that hot spot. Right. I think if it's a cut, and I think they talked about some of that laser treatment in there, 
if it's a cut, it's still not good. They're both pretty much the same because remember, like Trevor Bauer, I think it was in Toronto. Actually, yeah, when he was bleeding like Bauer a stuck team. pig. Yeah. Yeah. So, will would he be able to play? Absolutely. Am I worried about him not being able to pitch? Probably not because of the fact that they got him out so quick. Mm-hmm. I think it was something that he was really honest with them about early on. He could feel it, and he's got a lot of experience with this. He he knows when it's past the point of no return. He knows when it's early on for them to catch it. And they've got so many, so many great techniques in the training staff to, to really heal that up. But for me, I would, I think it'd be awesome if he could go game three, because I, I kind of like the matchup of, of Manoa stripling and then holding Gosman for game three. I mean, if, if Tampa Bay is going to use glass now, McClanahan, that leaves a pretty big advantage for the Jays. I would think in game three somehow. I want you to put a bow on Jose Barrios' season. I want you to give me some good things you've seen and some bad things you've seen. Well, the good things, uh, he was healthy. Uh, he, he's, he's, he's dependable. He's been dependable for a long time, and that's a good sign. That's a really difficult thing to find in the big league. You go out and make 30, 32, 35 starts a year. Really important. Uh, the fact that he hung in there and he was able to – heartbeat that season in terms of being able to come back and, and have a lot of bright spots in terms of six runs, just like last night's start. Uh, looks looks pretty vintage Brios there. The fact that he can go out, spin the baseball, attack with the fastball. I like that he was able to go out this entire season and show that he can be what he is. It's not a total total waste. But what What does scare me about him is a lot of the spin rates are down and I don't know what that is. I don't know exactly why that is, but the fact that that, that breaking ball showed up and then didn't show up and showed up and then didn't show up is kind of scary for a guy who is for the most part had that breaking ball in his back pocket whenever he wanted it. And I think that's why we saw the, the ups and the downs and the ups and downs. And again, like I said, it was just kind of like a heartbeat monitor, you know, boop, mm-hmm. up, and then everything's fine, and then down, and then boop up, and they were they were very violent streaks for Jose this year, and uh, that's what kind of scares me a little bit. But I do think that he's going to continue to figure out how to uh, how to have that spin more and more often, because if he doesn't, it's going to be really difficult uh, if if he sticks to the same type of usage to really pitch with two pitches. I like the fact that he used that changeup as the season progressed. I thought that was a huge, huge pitch, and he pitched inside a little bit later in the season. I think that's a huge pitch. If you're not going to have that really, really high spinning breaking ball, you got to find ways to navigate around certain hitters, and sometimes it's going in, sometimes it's using a different pitch, and I like the way that he was able to, to figure that out as the season progressed. Should the Jays consider carrying three catchers and what would be for you Caleb the determining factor understanding that we're led to believe that Santiago Espinal will likely play in one of the two remaining games don't know about Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Lourdes apparently said yesterday that he thinks he will at least be ready to pinch hit um, I don't know if I can afford to take a guy on the roster who, who I can only use as a pinch hitter uh, especially if he's a right-handed hitter. I, again, I know he's Lourdes Gurriel <clears throat> Jr., and at one point right. he was carrying this team. But how do, how do you think how do you think John plays this out going forward? And do, is it matchup dependent? Do we, do we need to wait and see who they who they face? I would think so. They 
they've played a lot of the season, especially out of the bullpen, is matchups. And if they feel like they might have some really nice matchups out of the bullpen, it might push them to carry a different set of guys on the offensive side. For me, if Lourdes can go, he's on. And for me, the the team they have right now mm. is the playoff team. Sub in Espinal for um, Zimmer. Espinal for Moreno. Or Moreno, I'm sorry, yes. And and then Lourdes for goodness, I'm drawing a blank on the name. Got oh to my be goodness, Zimmer, doesn't it? No. Infielder, Otto Lopez. Oh, Otto Lopez is on the roster. Right, Otto. I forgot about it. Yeah. Right. Otto, Otto, Otto out. Those two guys in. Moreno out. And then, quite honestly, now you got 28 guys for 26 spots. For me, I'm taking off Mitch White, Kikuchi. That's my roster. Yeah. So I know a lot of people are wondering about Bezio Zimmer, Bezio Zimmer. I, think, I just think the way they've used them, uh, for me, those two guys are out, and that's the roster. If yeah. Lourdes can go, if Lourdes can't go, then I think you carry a third catcher in Moreno, obviously. Yeah, but it they is. haven't been burnt. They haven't been burnt by it not having a third catcher this entire season. And when we spoke to him last week, it he indicated that he probably felt comfortable with just two going into a playoff spot. Yeah, that is a good point. You would be you would be using a guy or adding a guy who really hasn't played for almost three weeks. And, you know, as my friend Mr. Barker points out, third catcher, do you right now at this stage of his career want him putting the fingers down or pushing the buttons for Jordan Romano in the, you know, 11th inning of a game because you've had to empty your bench? That's something you really have to think about because, as you know, as Alex Anthopoulos always tells us, when you put a postseason roster together, there's no point having somebody in that roster your manager isn't going to use or doesn't want to use. And that doesn't mean that the guy, that doesn't mean that he's not a better player than the guys who are on the roster. But if John Schneider has a use for Bradley Zimmer and kind of doesn't have a use for Gabriel Moreno, the question is, why do you carry the guy, right? It's that simple. Right. That's it. It's about trust and and how it fits into the game plan. I mean, I've seen a lot more of Zimmer, Bradley, and Biggio than I have Moreno. Yeah. And that just kind of tells you, I mean, they're trying, so they're trying to win those games in September. I could be totally wrong. Maybe they carry Moreno because they're scared about getting caught with their pants down with only two catchers and one of them DH him. But mm-hmm. I just like the way that they start pinballing moves uh, with a pinch hit, then a defensive sub, then a pinch runner. And I, I, I just think that they're better off with the 26 guys they have right now. Yep. Like we said, sub in, sub in Guriel and Espinal, and then take out Mitch White and Kikuchi, and that's your roster. For me, that's it. But, again, I... I'm just I'm just trying to base that off of what I see and how they how they have been using people in games where they really want to win them. Caleb, really good of you to do yep. this. Look forward to seeing you in a couple of days at the ballpark, my friend. Thanks as always. Travel safely. Thanks, buddy. You got it. All right. See you guys soon. Absolutely. Yeah. Caleb Joseph, he'll be part of our Blue Jays Central coverage on Friday. The Jays have home field advantage. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, best of three at the Rogers Center against either the Seattle Mariners or the Tampa Bay Rays. The Mariners' magic number to clinch the second wild card spot is two. Keep in mind, though, that the Rays do, in fact, hold the tiebreaker over the Mariners. Um, Kevin, I think we talked. I'd rather, I'd, rather, I'd rather see the Rays here against them, wouldn't you? I don't think it matters. All right. I mean, I, 
I, th- that, listen, I, that's, I think the that's, goal was not so much worry about who you're playing, where you're yes. playing them. Yes. And I think that's more important to this organization and to their team behind closed doors. They're telling you basically without telling you yep. that it's very, very important. And they've gotten that. So now it's you got everything lined up. Now it's just keeping a couple of guys healthy, getting them healthy for the couple of last games that you have left in the regular season so you can hit the ground running and Manoa is doing Manoa things in game one and hopefully you win that and you can sort of figure out how you want to go about game two. I'm not a fan of pitching stripling in game two. That's just me. I think if you win game one, you want to step on the neck as soon as you can. You don't want to give him any life. The better pitcher is Gosman. That's just me. I'm not in the close. I'm not, yeah. and I'm not a khaki. So I, there's going to be so many different ways to figure out how they're doing it. But I don't, again, I don't think you can go wrong with any three of them. And I think they like those three guys to try and take them home and get them where they want to go, which is the next round. Yeah. I go back and forth on it. I'm, I would be okay with stripling starting game two. Yeah. I would be okay with him starting game two. For me, it depends on what happens in game one. If you lose game one, don't you think Gosman has to pitch game two? Well, yeah. I mean, you dropped a hundred million on him and he's had a really, really, really good season. If I lose game one, I don't want to be eliminated from a series with my two Big, big salary dudes not yeah. pitching. And the one guy, Barrios, obviously I'm staying away from. Sure. But, man, if I get eliminated and I haven't used those two guys. And he's on extra rest. And he's on extra rest. Yeah. I mean, I guess the the, the cut, you could almost use that as a I saw him throwing a football in the outfield yesterday. So it seems like, is it, was it yesterday? Yeah. A football. So it seems yeah. like he's okay. Just reading his Reading his body language been in the there, dugout. Done it before. He, exactly. Yeah. He's, he's had to manage this. Absolutely. But Caleb did make a really good point about finger injuries in the postseason, blisters. Like It is a thing. Well, it you're thinking about it. You're thinking about, do I squeeze it too hard to cut it again? And now I suffer and my Tell team suffers. Playing indoors big is going to be a big, big help for that. I would think it would be a big help for that. As opposed I'd have to, to being outside, doctor, and I'm not sure. Let's but just if, say it isn't. <laughs> Alex Avila is an MLB Network analyst, former MLB catcher. Ryan Spielborgs is host of Loud Outs on MLB Network Radio, a very useful utility player in his time. Let's get some national perspective on the Blue Jays, shall we? They'll join us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. 